0: Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private
1: pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So
0: buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to another great and fantastic episode of the Aviation Mentors Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. As we count down with only three days left to Oshkosh Air Venture uh, for the kickoff, we can't wait. As you guys know, by the time you're listening to this, at least, uh, we're recording us a few days early because we're getting in travel mode uh, with the entire Stratus Financial team. I think we've got 10 of us going to the show. That's why we mentioned that we bought nine or 10 bikes on the last episode, and it is going like crazy for planning wise. And I'm sure if you're planning on going, you're already starting to look into things. And if, especially if you're coming from across the world, some of you might actually already be in route before even hearing this episode today, which is pretty fantastic. Our entire team will be at Oshkosh getting ready to see each one of you there. And Carson and I have been talking a lot about uh, how you can fly into Oshkosh, uh, what's to experience, and he needs more hours and experience to feel comfortable with him flying there. Uh, I think you could do it. Don't you guys? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know.
0: You know, that's that's a semi-nice thing for you to say uh, until you drop the drums on me, but I do appreciate it. Um, you know, I, just, I think we just need a little bit more before we before we go fly to Oshkosh together, uh, especially need to get super current again.
1: Yes, there's a difference between current and super current. Thanks so much for telling
0: us, Carson. <laughs> well, that's like saying IMC versus the soup, okay? Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, super current. I love that. That's a new new FAA term that they're they're nally adopting. <laughs> yeah, the twenty twenty four FAR came out. You didn't catch that part? No, I didn't. In the revision. Yeah, super current. <laughs> super current means like it's current and competent at the same time. Wow. did think you're competent, so that's interesting. Uh, so, <laughs> Um,
1: which brings us to a pretty great way uh, to build time actually since Carson needs to build some more time for him to feel comfortable and that is joining a flying club we've never actually talked about flying clubs we've always talked about uh, we've talked about flight schools and uh, university programs and things like that so they are not for building hours usually or not only for building hours there's a ton of great benefits to being a member of a flying club and we're going to get into several of them today actually
0: yeah, well, Brandon, you know, neither of us have actually been in a flying club, but we've been around them plenty, and we have plenty of friends who have actually been in them. So Brandon was suggesting I join one of them and gave me so many great reasons for it. So I want to make sure you guys heard all of them. Uh, first off, Brandon, why don't you start by explaining what a flying club is? Thanks for that, Carson.
1: Uh, flying... <laughs> no flying club by the way wait wait until we start going to uh, to video and you're gonna get to see our our uh, funny facial interactions it's pretty hilarious and uh and we're gonna do some video recording in in uh, air Venture, so it'll be pretty awesome for you guys to see some of us and uh you're gonna see how ugly carson is now how amazingly great looking i am of course
0: i mean it's just true You know, Brent, you can think whatever you'd like to think about that. Um, Maddie feels differently and so does my mom. So that's what really counts here. I guess that's it. <laughs> the two women <laughs> in your life that matter the most. That's good for you.
1: <laughs> so back to uh, back to business, right? So Flying Club is similar to a flight school, uh, except for it's not structured like a flight school. It's structured more like a group of friends uh, that want to rent aircraft to each other and they want to share in the expenses of them. Uh, so that's really what a flying club is. So you can have a very small flying club with one or two airplanes and generally flying clubs are really made up of several aircraft. You normally, I don't know, three to 10 airplanes are probably the average size flying club, probably generally kind of like the average size flight school, right? Um, the average size flying club will already have all these assets and they will have several members and they will have a cap on members. And what they do is they take a normally a large fee up front so you'll pay five or ten or twenty thousand i've even seen fifty thousand dollars sometimes even more if you're one of the only members of a brand new club that needs a new airplane and what they'll do is they will put the plane in the flying club's name and over time they will sell shares of that and that's how they will kind of cash themselves out when they start a flying club right But in general, after a flying club is established, let's just say you've got two airplanes and they're worth $100,000 total Um, and you have 100 people in that club. So maybe you have 100 people paying $1,000 to join the club and then you have a monthly maintenance fee uh, for every member in that club and that every member might have to spend $100 a month on maintenance fee. And that keeps the insurance on the airplane. It keeps the airplane hangered. um, It pays all the cost. And then generally you'll have what's called a dry rate on the airplane. Now, whenever you go to flight school, they typically have wet rates. Uh, the difference between a wet rate and a dry rate is one includes fuel and one does not include fuel. So a wet rate means, let's just say you pay $200 an hour for, for an airplane. And if it's a wet rate, you don't pay any additional fuel cost unless it's a, uh, unless there's a fuel ch- surcharge or something, which has been kind of prevalent in our industry over the past two years because of uh, the Ukraine war. Or you can uh, be in a flying club or something that typically has what's called a dry rate. And a dry rate means you can save money if you like to save fuel. So if you like to lean your mixture and you like to save fuel um, and treat the airplane the way it should be very well, um, you will end up saving money, right? So the dry rate might be on that same $200 per hour airplane. It might only be $100 per hour, but then you pay for the fuel separately. So maybe the rate is really, your total rate's $160 an hour. So generally there's a break-even point. You need to fly an hour or two or five hours a month or whatever it may be in your club to break even um, per year, just like it is to buy an airplane. Generally, you need to fly about 100 hours per year on a rental airplane before it makes sense to purchase one and different things like that if you're only looking at the cost and not the time savings. So that's really kind of the main way that that a flying club operates and what it is. And what their purpose is, their purpose also, they take a hundred dollars or whatever their fee is. Some places have really high fees from a whole lot of, of different people. And guess what? Most people don't get on the schedule and fly the airplane. They just pay their fee every month. But inside the agreements that everyone has to sign, they all have to stay current or super current or whatever you said it was Carson. Uh, so that's, that's also a possibility. They have to stay current. So they may have to go up with an instructor. There's typically check instructors that are mandated by either the insurance or the board of directors. Um, those are definitely all, all different points that that you could see, uh, in
0: a flying club. Well, you know, going back a step and speaking about fees, um, you know, there's a ton of advantages to it, but based on the price first, how can that be a beneficial part of being a flying club? Well, generally, if you're at a flying club, you're not having to pay for flight school profit. A flight
1: schools a business. They need to make money. Uh, that way they can pay themselves and pay their staff and, and pay for their lifestyles. Now, generally, flight schools aren't, in a, aren't a very profitable business um, compared to other, other businesses, right? Um, some flight schools are, and they make a lot of money. Um, the world's largest flight school, I guarantee they make a lot of money. Uh, they've got like 56 campuses or something. So the big difference is you're not paying their profit, right? So let's just say their profit margin is normally 20%. So $200 per hour airplane, that's $40 per hour that's going to go into the flight school's pocket. And then there also might be some overhead costs that isn't really profit. That's maybe another $20 or $40. So let's just say you might be able to get the airplane for $20 to 50% cheaper than you would if you went to a flight school. But there's an upfront cost usually. And it's typically whatever that is to become a member of that flying club, whether it's 1,000, 2,000, 30,000. I know there's flying clubs that have Honda jets. And I think those, your memberships are like 250,000 and you have to pay for your own type rating. And you have to have this insurance checkout and you have to be with an instructor for like 50 hours or something. So there's flying clubs that are for more wealthy uh, people as well as... People are just trying to save money um, or they want a different community. So some people like a community of older pilots. That's typically in a flying club, not brand new, younger ones. They like newer, nicer airplanes, ones that are well kept because everybody in a flying club is typically uh, an owner of that airplane so you're going to keep good care of that airplane you're not going to treat it like a rental airplane or a rental car everyone treats a rental car like junk right and everyone also keeps or treats rental airplanes like junk it's really unfortunate but that's kind of the way that people treat things not all people but a lot of people do so I would say that those are are kind of the benefits, especially on, on cost. You can save quite a bit of money because you're not paying for that flight school's profit or some of their overhead. Flying club might not even have an office, really. They will have overhead like insurance and things like that, but they, they probably don't have an office space. They don't have staff that mans that office. They they have different expenses and they're a lot lower.
0: Yeah. Well, and it makes up for it because as far as the aircraft that you're flying, they're typically going to be in better condition, like Rand said. Uh, you're going to be a part owner of that plane, and you're pretty much buying into it as well. So you definitely want to have a, a part to play in keeping that plane nice and pretty.
1: Yeah, definitely. And there's also some benefits to it. Like I know at flight schools, I've I've been to, typically they have staff that clean the airplanes, right? They keep your your windows clean. They they make sure the bellies get cleaned regularly. While a flying club. Yeah. You're volunteers. So that's also another thing you're gonna be doing. You're gonna to need to volunteer to go clean those airplanes. You can't just be the slacker and never go. You have to actually do something, right? You have to be a member of this club. It's like joining a country club or joining a shooting club or joining any type of club. It's a club, you have to join and you need to be a, a, a competent member of that. So those are some things you also have to do. So um, obviously I've been a member of, a, uh, of several different types of clubs for a long time. But I'm a member of uh, a soaring club, which I think I mentioned a couple episodes past on when we talked about soaring. And I don't I don't participate that much, but I pay my dues. So I'm actually probably a really good member. I haven't gone there in like six months or a year. And and I pay my dues every month and never complain and never ask for anything. I'm the perfect club member, right? Um, they take my money. I'd help pay for all the airplanes and the maintenance. But The the downside of it, I don't really go there to, because I don't have the time right now. I don't go there to help clean the airplanes and be an active member in that community. But if you do want to join a flying club, I highly suggest you're an active member in that community. That way you can keep those planes in better conditions.
0: And it is a great community as well. Uh, You're pretty tight knit. You guys are flying together. You're flying the same planes. You can time build together. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of just networking opportunities. Like Brandon said, that's the way that you go and talk to people, is just walk around the airport making friends. And that's essentially what you do. And it's a great way as well to go and get into a flying club if you can't find one near you. Uh, because you can only find that kind of club and that kind of community in aviation. So with all that interconnectedness, uh, I think it's a really good route for me to take. And like I was saying, most airports, do have a flying club. Um, you're going to probably be around at least one or two airports locally to you, uh, which I didn't know about till I started flying, by the way, that there were so many airports. And someone's going to be a flying club. Uh, someone's going to know someone. So just go talk, go reach out on Facebook or Instagram and someone's going to help you out. Uh, that's what aviation is all about is just helping everyone. And with that being said, I can't wait to help everyone and get to see everyone at Oshkosh and, uh, you know, next year, hopefully I'm going to be able to fly into it. So that's my huge goal. And by the way, I'm going to mention
1: one more thing on uh, flight instructors. So like I said a few minutes ago, typically with flight instructors, you have to use the club's flight instructors, but sometimes they have uh, flight instructors that the club has checked out who are not members who allow you to flight train in those airplanes. But also keep in mind, if you are not a pilot, there also might be a possibility that you cannot even join that club until you're a pilot and have had a checkout flight, which is typically about the same as another check ride uh, or A checkride or a BFR until you become uh, a competent pilot to fly those airplanes. They really want to take really good care of them, and they're typically not your just cheesy 172 or Cherokee. They're typically a 182 or a Cherokee six or a 210 or or a Cirrus or or even that Honda jet that I talked about earlier. So they could be kind of anything. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in three days. Actually, by the time you are listening to this, uh, I will be in an airplane on my way to Milwaukee to uh, get my rental car. Carson will already be at Oshkosh, and uh, you will get to uh, go over and see him if you'd like. He'll be setting up. uh, The show starts next Monday, so just in a few days from now. So if you want to come see us at the booth, make sure you come see us at the uh, booth number 1053-1054, Hangar B, uh, Aircraft Spruce Hangar. And if you want to uh, reach out to us, so you can reach us at brandonandaviationmentors.com or as always, Carson at aviationmentors.com. We're looking forward to seeing you. Thanks so much.
0: And as a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So stay super current, fly safe and enjoy the ride. See you there.